There was definitely a sense of excitement in the air as people gathered around Belfield Church. The sun was shining, it was warm, and there was the keen anticipation of good news to come. Quick announcement. So Action Board is really pleased. <coughs> We've been awarded £647,500 by the Scottish Land Fund towards the purchase of and uh, beginning of the running of Belfield. And, uh, we're also looking forward to the ballots at the end of March. I want to make sure that folk... What date is the, what date is the ballot like to be done? In the last week of March, when it comes through your door, an envelope with Electoral Reform Society written on it, open it up, it's not junk mail, and uh, post it back with a vote on it to vote for Belfield. The more, the more we get voting for this, the better, in terms of ministers finally putting the seal on it late in April, and hopefully us completing the purchase by September. Yay! Yay! Well, the voice you've just heard is that of a very happy man, Justin Kenrick. You have been campaigning for this for a long time. To get that money, that must really be an, a very, very important milestone. It's huge, absolutely huge, because one thing is getting the community right to buy and the community being backing this and supporting it as they have so far, and as we hope they will do right the way through into the future. But the other is actually getting the hard cash to be able to make the purchase possible, and that coming through is fantastic, absolutely amazing. £647,500, yeah, those, those numbers will stick in my mind. <laughs> it has been quite a long campaign that you've, that you've been running... And it must have been really quite a challenge to put the case together to put in, in front of the land fund. Yes, I mean, we've had a fantastic uh, committee working on this, in particular Ian Cook, who's, who's put huge amounts of work into the actual applications themselves, really brought some expertise. I mean, in Portugal, we've got some fantastic expertise in all areas, and as long as people pull together and put their expertise in, then it can really work. So we've had just the right people, really, doing that work. And, and it's, been a, it's been a long campaign over many years in terms of talking with the church and you know looking forward to how we can work together on this uh, it's been a short campaign in terms of april till now of us actually becoming a kind of constituted group and focusing as a team on this so it's been in terms of campaigns i've been involved in in the past such as the attempts to build the turbines at uh, seafield for the community to be able to generate funds that was eight years and unsuccessful so it's amazing to have had eight months in success that's been a, an unusual experience i have to say but the great thing is just how much support there has been for, to save this with, within the community itself? Yes, it seems to be that when people realise something's possible, then they're really willing to put their energy in. So the key factor for me is, is how do you persuade people that something that looks impossible is possible? Because people are used to losing provision and so on and, and, not, and not expecting really any help with that. With the new legislation as of April that extends the right to buy and the land fund to urban areas, suddenly it's become possible you know, for many communities and it's key to grasp that and to make that sure that politicians realise that communities are going to insist on this and that fund should expand rather than contract. Am I right in thinking that if we are successful here, this is actually going to be the first yeah. community buyout? Uh, yeah, absolutely. First exercise of the community right to buy by an urban community. Absolutely, yes. So that actually makes it all the more memorable as well. Absolutely, it does. And what's interesting is we met with um, the Community Land Fund folks from the, from the civil service, from the Scottish Government, and it was clear that this is new for them too. And so there have been quite a few uh, small tweaks, shall we say, to the process. Let me give you an example. In terms of working with an urban community, they're used to working with rural communities and therefore the population number you're dealing with is small. By definition, it's under 10,000 and therefore it's normally much, much smaller than that. Now we've got the community ballot coming up towards the end of March and they're looking at a much larger population they would normally deal with. They were thinking of, you know, you need to get at least 100 folk to turn out. Well, when you've got thousands of people in your community, you need to get a lot more. You know, you need to get thousands to turn out, not, not, not hundreds. Are you confident of achieving that then? 
I'm confident that if people in this community remember to open the envelopes and tick the box and put it back in the post, then absolutely, very confident. It's just making sure that folk know about that, because, I mean, there's lots of folk who haven't necessarily received this information or it don't really aren't really aware of what's going on, so getting that publicity out, if we can be successful in that, in really reaching people, including people who aren't on the internet, who aren't on Facebook and so on, then I'm absolutely confident, yes. So the, the ballot is to take place at the end of March? Last, last week of March is when the envelopes will be dropping through folks' doors and what we really hope is they'll return the envelope immediately. So before Easter, they'll be counted and the Electoral Reform Society will declare you know, the numbers of folk who've, who voted for it. In some respects, dare I say, you've actually fallen quite lucky because the Portobello Reporter, which had been under threat, its next edition comes out in March before the envelopes go around and this will I'm sure be on their front page yes it is absolutely fantastic I mean firstly it's just absolutely fantastic the Portia Reporter is continuing because it's such a vital centre of this community and, and what it provides so there's two aspects, aren't there, to the news these days and to information. One is the online aspect, and that's absolutely crucial to get that right. And there's all sorts of podcasts and blogs and stuff that need to be up and running to be at the centre of a community. But equally, you need to have a paper through the door for those who aren't online too. But also, there's something about a substantial bit of paper between your hands that, that's important. And that dropping through folks' doors, reminding them, will be absolutely... So we've been very lucky. Firstly, we were very lucky with the with the whole community right to buy Scottish land fund being extended to urban communities just at the moment in April 2016 when we started. So we've been the first because we hit the ground running with this and now we're lucky with the, the Porsche Reporter coming right back in, which is great. It's interesting, this is the first of several campaigns, isn't it, as far as Portobello is concerned. I was speaking to Mary Campbell the other day about the, the five-a-side pitches. You've got the George yeah. up and coming. But in a sense, what you're doing here is you are setting a benchmark. Well, yes, we're setting a benchmark, but also what's clear is that what's needed is a much more comprehensive response by the community to these losses that are going on, or potential losses, and there's absolutely no need to lose the George, there's no need to lose the pits, there's no need to have a seafront that's not developed along the seafield way in a way that can serve the community's needs and so on. There's, There's not a need for any of that. If we are strategic and thinking so really though we have been responding simply to this building and to the loss of that and that's fine i would suggest personally in my personal capacity that we need to develop some kind of way of drawing the community in as a whole so that we can think strategically about and be able to respond to any of these losses because there's going to be a lot of them coming up over the next period with churches closing generally and with councils cutting down on services and so on as looks likely over these next years this is the moment when we either communities across the country either step up and take responsibility or don't and lose just a huge amount of things that we've taken for granted. So if Portobello can set the benchmark with that as well, not just with with Belfield, but with actually being comprehensive about making sure we retain facilities and enable the community to flourish and take responsibility, I think that could set a real marker for communities across Scotland. The thing I like about you is just how optimistic and positive you are. So we look forward to the result coming through in the right way whenever the vote is counted. Thank you. Many thanks. Thanks, bye.